0: Hello and welcome to a very special edition of Lockdown Women's Basketball. As always I'm your co-host Karina Mustafa. I'm joined by my co-host Bradshaw Furlong. Today we have a very special guest. She is a guard for the Chicago Sky. She was the ninth overall pick in the 2018 WNBA draft. Lexi Brown. Lexi thank you so much for joining us. Um, How are you? How's how's the break been so far?
1: Good. I've been good. The break has been amazing. Uh, I mean it's I didn't, I knew it was going to be long, but it's like super long. Um, Steph just got back a few days ago from playing three on three and we're waiting for a stew. And then we'll have our full team back just in time to start preparing for the second half of the season. So I think we're all just really excited to get back, you know, playing. It's been a lot of practice. So,
0: (laughs) yeah. Uh, How are you feeling about your team heading into the second half of the season now?
1: Um, I'm, I am mean, I'm feeling good. I think it's this break was really well needed um, for a lot of my teammates, you know, getting their, you know, injuries, you know, taken care of, um, you know, getting their men- mental back. I know the, the first half of the season for us was really up and down. Um, you know, I wasn't around for a large majority of it. Um, so this has been a good time to get acclimated to, you know, some of the, the core players of this team um, that, you know, I didn't really have time to you know, get used to playing with when I got back because we were just already like playing so many games. We did not really have that much time to practice. So for me personally, this break has been great. Um, I think hopefully, you know, I'll I'll see some more playing time. James has been able to see me on the court a little bit more um, with all these these days off and all these days in the gym. So um, I'm really excited. We have a tough stretch ahead and I think we're ready for it. I think we're all really excited and it's going to be
2: fun.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people are really excited about this team, um, especially on this podcast too, when I, I hosted a couple of episodes with Amy Otterbert and uh, she was very high on your team and she's was, she was very excited. So we're all very excited to watch you play. Um, but let's get into it. Uh, so we know basketball is such a big part of your life, but how did you first get into it?
1: Um, dad and my yeah. both, both my parents played. So... Um, But it was my dad who, you know, put the ball in my hands when I was, you know, baby. Um, I didn't really start playing really until maybe I was like seven or eight years old. Um, But I was still involved in a whole bunch of other, you know, activities and sports probably until around uh, six, six or seventh grade was kind of when I was like, all right, basketball is what I want to do. I really enjoyed it because I like to spend time with my dad, of course. Um, And then my mom, you know, she was you know, around for the entire process. So it really just became like a family thing for me. And then I just grew to love it, you know, separately of something else.
0: Yeah, for sure. Did you play any other sports growing up? Like, when did you kind of zero in on basketball?
1: Um, I played tennis for a good amount, Um, you know, when you're younger, you, you know, kind of try everything. So soccer, baseball, but tennis, I kind of took pretty seriously for a few years. Um, I did, you know, dance. I was like on a competitive dance team oh wow pop warner cheerleading like i did it all <laughs> i just wasn't really good at anything and so, except for basketball i did volleyball for one year um but yeah it just i mean honestly i wasn't really that good at basketball either when i started but like i said <laughs> it was like a family thing so um
2: you almost had you almost had to
1: Literally, because I was like, okay, I, I'm not really good at any of these things, but what can I get the most help in? And you know, so <laughs> we settled with that. My dad was like, Are you sure?
0: And I was like, yes, I'm sure we can do this. <laughs> I love that. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big tennis fan. So the second you mentioned yeah, tennis, yeah, I saw I, I saw Bradshaw's eyes just like, like this because he knew I was And a part of it was
1: because I stuck with tennis when I see how much money Serena and Venus and Naomi and all them make. I'm like, Mom, why didn't you make me stay? What are you doing?
2: Have you, have you played tennis at all recently? Like, have, like Did you just, like, stop after, like, you started playing basketball? Like, Have you played it casually at all?
1: My mom is, like, in a tennis league. So when I'm home with her, sometimes we'll go play. Um, I would like to play um, at some point, but, like, nobody – I don't really know anybody who plays tennis. And, like, that's not really a sport you can kind of, like, BS around with. Cause then yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you got to play with someone who can, like, get it over the net and keep it in bounds. So it's like, it's not like basketball. You can just go and, like, just throw a shot up. <laughs> 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 um, but, yeah, my mom is, like, in a tennis league, so she plays all the time. So when I go visit her, I usually go sit around with her.
0: That's so cool. Do you think that like tennis has any skills that kind of translates to basketball? That's kind of helped you a little bit. Um, the footwork for sure.
1: Um, and then the cardio that's involved. So when I stopped playing tennis, it was like tennis was over, and then I went right into basketball, and I was actually doing both at the same time for a little bit. Um, so that's kind of where my my mentality to like stay in shape and run and all that because you run a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's kind of where they, they lost me because the running didn't bother me, but it was outside. So that made it like hard, um, but it was good. Like men- mentally, you have to be very tough in tennis. And as a kid, it's like, you either can do it or you can't. And I wasn't like a mentally weak kid, but like there was a lot of, you know, practice where you're out there like by yourself. And mm-hmm. I didn't feel really like that either. I think that's what I love about basketball, too, is that the team aspect of it, because tennis, you just are alone a lot. And it just just wasn't something that was that it it wasn't fun for me. And I wasn't winning enough for it to be fun. I was like, we're done with this.
2: (laughs) Um, So you mentioned like you mentioned that you like even when you started out basketball, you weren't even like as good. Well, I'm sure you were still better than a lot of people, but like you weren't as good as you probably thought you were going to be. But, like, when did you kind of, like, realize, like, okay – and I always get curious for, like, any profession, but, like, especially for, like, athletes. Like, when were you realize like, okay, this is probably something I can take more seriously and, like, I'm actually better than most of the people I'm playing against?
1: Um, it was, like, a gradual realization. So I went to a school in Orlando called Lake Highland, and it was a through K-12 school. And in Florida, you can play varsity athletics, like, at any age. Mm-hmm. So, um – when I was in sixth grade still wasn't really that good yet but I got to play on the eighth grade team and was really good on that team as a sixth grader and then in seventh grade I got to play on the JV team and was really good and um you know they called us up to like practice with the varsity team sometimes and you know scrimmage the varsity team and beat them because there's a few of us in middle school that were on the JV team together and then in eighth grade I got finally made the varsity team and ended up being like one of the better players in, in like the whole state at that age. Um, and, you know, playing against, you know, 17 and 18 year olds who are like the top of their class going high D1, and, you know, them playing me, I was 14, 13, 14 years old, and like they could not <laughs> play with me. I was like, okay, like I guess I'm kind of, <laughs> of this. like, I had a game, I think my last game. Um, of the season I think I had like 20 something 25 points on like the best team in the state who had a point guard going to like University of Florida like and it was like a matchup that people were like hyping up like if I was 18 and I was getting hyped up against a 13 year old I would be like what are y'all doing
0: (laughs) you
1: know I've never and then when I got older like there was never no like young phenoms that came like and played against me and like showed out so i was like okay so i mean this was like that was a special moment that was a special time for me because i just really have to copy so yeah around like seventh and eighth grade was when i realized
2: i'm like okay i'm pretty good
1: okay i'm pretty
2: good <laughs> <laughs> so that obviously i mean your dad your dad was he was he was a he was a fine basketball player in his own right i guess like he was he was pretty good he, he did okay <laughs> Um, did, did he ever like give you like, what was like the best piece of advice or like anything like, like how like often do you like go to him for like advice or like, just like, hey, like, something you're something he might have gone through to just kind of like help you out a little bit.
1: Um, I mean, he just kept me humble always. Hmm. And then because he was his story was such an underdog story. Um, you know, he just kept, you know, that, that side of my mind, like tapped in, like, just always feel like you're under you're an underdog. You're underappreciated. You're underranked. Just always think that, and you're, it's going to make you work even harder. Like you're not going out there to play for anybody but yourself, and the things that you want to achieve and things that you want to do. And you know, I listened. Our paths were completely opposite. Like mm. he wasn't ranked. He wasn't all American. He wasn't at all these top camps growing up. Like he just kind of put his head down and worked. And you know, for after college, he kind of was like in the right place at the right time and got the call and, you know, did what he was supposed to do, what he prepared for. So I think for me, especially being a pro now, when I talk to him about this stuff, he's just like, your opportunity is going to come. Mm. You got to be ready for it. And you got to be prepared for it. And that, that's the biggest thing that he, you know, has taught me since I've been little.
2: You ever kind of like, I don't know, like not like maybe not talk trash to him, but like, hey, I was an All-American. You weren't. Do you ever like bring that up at all?
1: Never, he's already, he's already about it enough. Like, he's like, I know I was all American, like legs, I know I was and like legs, so it's like, I don't, I don't gotta tell him.
2: Oh, he, he, he knows already, okay.
1: He reminds he like, he lets everybody know, and then that's why you know it's one of the things I love about him is, um, you know, I see some parents with their kids, and you know, they kind of put their career and accolades ahead of you know anything that their kids do and he does the exact opposite and nice that's something that i love about him so
2: so much so this is so much yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's such a like i like that he's so like self-aware about it he's like okay yeah i, mean,
1: I, know, I know i know she, she i know she, she has this. this the only time he's like it's about me is when all-star weekend comes and is <laughs> talked about that's when it's that's the only time when he's like it's not about y'all about me. <laughs> you remember the dunk right you remember the dunk right but every other time it's about us
2: i like to imagine he has just like a does he have a, like a picture of the dunk in his in, the, in his house at all anywhere
1: no but we have the, he has the trophy out um and he had it in one of the house i grew up in he had like a big trophy case with, like all his stuff and then mm. started moving around a lot you know things get you know put in boxes and not right. take it out except for that <laughs> um, but you know, as my as I started getting
2: accurate, like, I would put mine like next video. Oh that's so nice. Yeah. I love that. You know what I don't love though? That eighty five percent of people who play daily fantasy sports lose. But is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you, you're playing against thousands of other lineups and not to mention experts who have more tools and more time, you don't stand a chance. Introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a daily head to head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes, winner take all, you have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time and nobody else is doing that. I know when I play daily fantasy sports, I always wondered who had which players. How do these experts have all these tools? How do they like know so much more than I do? It just it. This is why Stat Hero was better, guys. You are in total control. Stat Hero is daily fantasy sports the way it was meant to be. One on one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to statherocom on to sign up for free. And right now, you get three times back on your first play. They are giving you a three hundred percent match. That's unheard of. Go to statherocom on. That's stathero.com slash on. So, okay, obviously you mentioned your dad's story and like he had a journey and obviously you had like every basketball player. There's no easy journey to get to like a professional level. Like there's always going to be a challenge of some kind. Um, what was like the first kind of like bump in the road? Like, was it like play? Like you said, you're playing in sixth grade and like you're going up against people older than you. What was like the first initial challenge? Like, okay, this is tough. Like this is going to be, a, if I want to do this, this is going to be something I need to like really work at
1: honestly, and I, it's going to be weird to say this, but probably until I got to the WNBA, my career mm. has been pretty, you know, smooth. Okay. Um, you know, there was, there were moments where you, I was like, okay, I'm going through a shooting slump. Okay. Mm. Um, you know, this, we're losing a little bit, like, but there was never a moment until I got to the pros where I like ever second guess if basketball is what I wanted to do and if I could achieve what I wanted to achieve like every at every level I like wanted to do something and I did it like in middle school I was like I want to make the varsity team did it you know I got to high school I want to get to a state championship didn't win one but I got there you know be McDonald's All-American I want to be um i want to go to a final four in college i want to national championship didn't quite get there but i got to the final Mm. four you know i want to finish school i want to get a degree i transferred i want to finish with multiple degrees did that so it's like until i got to the league it was like i was able to just have these goals and check them off and check them off and check them off and And i've gotten to the WNBA, and i kind of hit a wall um (laughs) i'm working through it you know i'm still Mm. here i mean this this year has probably been the toughest for me mentally um, and emotionally, but I have a great support system, uh, you know, and I put my head down and work. So like, you know, when they were like, okay, we don't need you here. And then a few weeks later, they're like, just kidding. We, we need you here. <laughs> here. <laughs> I was, I came back and I was ready. You know, I flew in, in first game I played back and when we played Phoenix, I was, I just came came back in town and played the next day and I was ready and I was fine. And we should have won that game. Peter was crazy, but you know, to come in and be able to make a positive impact after just being wave like, just suddenly like that, you know, that's, that's a credit to, you know, my sports system, my mentality, you know, just always being prepared. Um, so yeah, but this season has, has been probably that moment
2: of just being really, really tough for me.
0: Yeah, so even, and, sorry.
2: Karina, go ahead. No, Krina, go yeah. ahead.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to kind of add on that. Like, what are some reminders that you kind of set for yourself when things are changing like that so fast? Um, I think the
1: biggest one is that I play basketball as a job, and not a lot of people can say that they play a sport and get paid for it. Um, It's something that I love to do, and it makes me happy. So I always remind myself of that. Um, And then I have recently started. I got a journal, and every morning I wake up, I write, like, affirmations, like, daily positive affirmations in there. Um, So that has been, like, life-changing. And I did it a little bit a few months ago and then all that weird stuff happened so i was like they don't work they don't work <laughs> so i stopped <laughs> but then they like made me feel good like during the day so i you know i got a new notebook and started over and started doing it again and you know i just try to keep a positive you know attitude every every morning and i like to be that person that they, you can look at and be like okay like i feel better now because you know lexi's here she's, she's good vibes. she's good energy and you know, for me, I just try to be as positive as possible all
0: the time. I really love that answer.
2: <laughs> so, you, you I mean, you weren't, you weren't drafted that long ago. Obviously, it was 2018. You were, it's a pretty recent time. But I feel like when you look at some of the other people in your draft class, obviously, like Asia Wilson, Diamond Shields. like I feel like they're getting recognized now as like they're veterans. Like people are considering like veteran players now, which is – strange because they're my like you guys are all around my age like we're all around 24, 25 years old this is so strange is it weird to see like people in your own draft class being like okay they're like veterans in the league now and you're like how is it like how how are we and veterans it's-, it's only our fourth league our fourth year
1: me, it's so weird it's so annoying because I get treated like a baby still sometimes <laughs> like I've been in the league for four years and I think it's because I look young and I kind of mm. just am like I said, this little happy go lucky type of person. So I think they like talk to me like I'm a little kid sometimes. Um, but yeah, it's very strange seeing uh, you know, players like Asia and Diamond and who else is in my class?
2: Kelsey Mitchell.
1: Tell yeah, like people who have kind of found their way early. And, you know, that's amazing for them because that does not happen to a lot of people. No. You know, it sometimes takes a few teams, a few years to, you know, find your place. So to see the players that have that were able to find their, their place from the beginning, like that, I'm very happy for them because it is it is hard. Mm-hmm. And you're able to find that early. And, you know, it makes everything else a lot easier moving forward. Um, but yeah, so this is like our free agency summer or offseason coming up. So um, it's going to be interesting because the young players are kind of, you know, on the verge of the takeover mm-hmm. and. I don't know if the league put themselves in a place financially to allow that to happen and for players to be able to stay where they, you know, started or where they want to stay. So, you know, Kelsey got her extension and Ariel Atkins got her extension, and I think those are the only two players who signed their extensions already. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what happens moving forward because I think now is the time. I thought this year was going to be that time for, you know, a lot of the younger players to, you know, become the faces and take the lead, but it wasn't yet. I think next year it's going to have to be because you have a lot of free agents and if teams want their young studs to stay, they're going to have to make something happen. So I'm excited to see what happens. You know, I'm not in that young stud category, but I feel like I'm a a necessity on a team. Right. I mean, I think, I mean, I would love to stay in Chicago. I love it here. The city's amazing. My teammates are amazing. James is great. Um, so we'll see what happens. I mean, a lot of this is just, uh, a lot of it right now has to do with money and then, you know, a fit. And, you know, I think I had a good fit in Minnesota as well, but, you know, that didn't like really work out how everyone thought it was going to work out and that's okay. And now I just, you know, got to move forward and, you know, find my find my spot in the
0: league yeah no for sure um and like you have spent you know for your fourth season in the league now um what are some of the biggest lessons that have come from all of this time
1: um probably um patience um be open to you know possibly taking on a completely different role than what you're used to communication Um, which a lot of people in this league lack skills of doing Um, (laughs) um, just being a professional overall and you see this in all sports um, you know as the athlete you sometimes have to be not sometimes you always have to be like the bigger person sometimes the more professional um, because that's how you're going to continue your career and you don't want to you know put a stigma on yourself and there's like you know there's just a lot of pressure of, you know, walking the walk, talking the talk, being a role model, all things that, you know, I don't mind doing, I love doing, but you know, that, that isn't for everybody either. But at the end of the day, you have to carry yourself a certain way. Um, And I had college coaches who were like really big on that anyway. So when I got to the league, having to carry myself professionally and, you know, representing an organization and a team and a city, like that was never an issue for me. So I was blessed to have, you know, coaches like that, you know, at the time it was really annoying that they were like all in my business all the time or like, don't, don't post this or don't say this, da, 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 da. And I'm just like, why are they like always on me about this stuff? But you realize it never ends. Um, It's it's worse when you become a professional. So (laughs) I'm really happy I had them, you know, watching me. My parents did the same thing. (laughs) They've kind of backed off a little bit now that I'm a little older, but. Um, you know, I know how to self-check myself in, in, in certain situations and on social media. So I think that's been the biggest thing for me, especially in that time where I wasn't playing. And, you know, I kind of had an attitude and felt some type of way. You know, I just kind of had to, you know, I, I, I released some details of, you know, what happened because I didn't like the light that I was being put in as mm-hmm. the player. Um, so that was just me trying to defend myself. But for the most part, you know, I just kind of just sat and was patient, and just and knew that everything would just work out the way should.
0: Yeah, speaking of social media, I feel like every Monday when there's no games being played, like just something's going down on Twitter. Literally, because <laughs> um,
1: yeah, so their minds. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's the only way
1: I can describe like what the state of Twitter is. It's like everyone has been indoors for too long <laughs> to go online and just go crazy. <laughs> it's just like a journal or a therapist or something. Like not everything needs to be shared with the entire world.
2: That is very true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, you're you're not wrong there.
2: And you know what else isn't wrong, Karina? That Built Bar has something for everyone. We've talked about the amount of flavors on this show before, and when you talk to someone who loves Bilt Bar, they are definitely passionate about their favorite flavors. There's coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. We've talked on this show about our favorites before. I, I love The Cookies and Cream and the Double Chocolate. I'm a sucker for anything chocolate and then Cookies and Cream. You literally can never go wrong with something Cookies and Cream. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 to 8 green grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180 grams. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Every flavor is amazing. They're all tasty, and the best part is they are all healthy. Order today and get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. I mean, that's pretty cool. Olympics just ended, and the U.S. track and field team kind of killed it. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Now it's time to talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC slash MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. There is only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code to on for your 50% welcome bonus.
0: But, like, kind of into that, you know, the league is a bit smaller than other leagues. Like, you know, we've heard the number 144. Um, are there any, are there more of a like, special bond between players since it is a lot smaller? Um, I mean, you would think, you would think so. Um,
1: but there, there is a pretty large gap between, like, the younger group and the older group. Um, right. I think, you know, the younger players have, you know, a really good bond. And then the older players, they have their bond. Um, I think the vets that you have on your team you know you develop relationships with them um, but you know overall like when I was in college like I didn't have any WNBA players like reaching out to me like you kind of see us doing now to some of the college players like I didn't mm. have you know players that I watched play in the league you know hitting me post me on their story doing things like that like that didn't happen and I don't think it's because they don't they don't care they weren't watching it's just like And to that generation of players, like things like that, just wasn't important to them, and they didn't think it mattered. Like that's what I think, because they like they still don't do it. So, Mm -hmm. um, so there is kind of like a generational gap. I think, Um, you know, I think social media has kind of created that. Um, And I don't think it's like a negative thing. It's just like it's a lifestyle thing. Um, You know, they were overseas all the time. Like this group of us, like so many of us do not go overseas and you know a lot of us have off-court stuff and other things that we're interested in and it's just like this group is just more like i don't want to say well-rounded because i think they're well-rounded too but like we we have so many other things going on outside of basketball and i think that's really cool of this like young group that you know they can explore their interests but still be really good at basketball and use basketball as a leverage to explore other interests and open other doors um but we wouldn't have that opportunity without the older group so we always have to you know pay them respect and you know make sure that they know that we appreciate them and the things that they've done all these years um you know before we got to the league Mm. so i think the you know when we become like a little bit older and then that there's more younger players i think the league is going to be way more cohesive um because it's just the way we interact with each other now is just We reach out to them when they're younger, you know, when they're not on the league yet, when they're in college. A lot of them come to more games and stuff. Um, So I think I'm looking forward to what the league is going to become, you know, in a few years, you know, when this first like social media group becomes like the old heads and then you have the rest coming in. I think the league is going to look very different, but it's going to be really fun.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's actually very interesting. Uh, that's always something that I've that I've wondered about the players in the league. So that's actually a really insightful answer. And it's kind of also raised another question that I had was I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on players playing year round, basically, because you know you have players playing play overseas, and then also they come back and they play, you know, during the regular season and the playoffs. Like, how does this affect performances in general um, for players? Um, I think that I mean I think body wise when you're young a
1: lot of us um like it because our off season is so long so like we only play for four months so we have like almost eight months of not doing any playing really so I think when you're a little bit younger you're like oh I just want to play all the time it's great um you know me personally I've had a great I have two great experiences overseas but it's just like it's just so long and it's so far from home and, you know, I'm really family oriented and I just, it was just hard for me in that aspect, but the playing and the cities I was in and the places I got to travel to, like, it was amazing. Like I think every player should experience at least one season overseas just for like a, an experience uh, type thing. Like you should be able to go see the world and, and explore and meet new people and try new food and do all these things. Um, But, yeah, once you get a little bit older, you know, it's a wear and tear um, on your body. And, um, you know, I do talk to some of the older players, and they're just like, yeah, I miss, like, my sister having her baby. I miss my best friend's wedding. I miss, like, it's all these things that people miss, and that's just really hard. And Mm -hmm. now, after next season, like, you're not going to be able to miss training camp. You're going to get fined. And then if you don't come back before the season starts like you're you're gonna get suspended so it's like the WNBA is trying to find ways to keep us stateside but I'm like how like what do you guys want us to do for all this time and we want us to come back prepared for a season but like so it's going to be interesting to see how a lot of us navigate that because overseas is the priority for a lot of players especially the Mm -hmm. younger players you know for you know having a WNBA income and an overseas income like that's like you're set for like you're good you take that overseas income away and a lot of us are like well (laughs) what do you want us to do yeah so um it'll be interesting but I think that you know it is to at a certain age it does become a super grind and I don't think after, after a certain age like you should have to play overseas to you know take care of yourself take care of your family and things like that
0: yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Um, I'm also kind of wondering, like, what about the mental health aspect of it? Like, how much does that have an effect on you guys? Spend a lot of time alone over there. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: depending on what country you go to, like, I went to Israel with my most recent time, and you know, I had a great time. There was a lot of Americans there, a lot of WNBA players there. Um, so, I mean, there were times where it was hard because you know you haven't seen your family in a long time, but. I had a lot of, you know, amazing friends over there that, you know, helped me get through that. But then I, I go to my first season in Hungary um, when I was alone. And, you know, I had a really hard time being over there by myself. And it was a culture shock. And it was, you know, really intense. And we had like a, a week break. I think I was only there for a month. we had like a week break. And I got on a flight back to the States so quick. I didn't even care how much the flight was. Like I was like, I have to go back. Um, but then over time it gets easier and easier. Um, you just have to, you know, have friends and family that, you know, are willing to maybe talk to you at weird times of their day because of the time change or be able to check on, on you at weird times because of the time change. But, um, you know, once you get like a little routine together, um, it gets a little bit easier.
2: So I, I mean, so I've obviously to alleviate some of the playing overseas would like, being able to get more money in the WNBA, obviously, which would be you know a great idea, like with expansion and stuff. Expansion is something that you know people have been exploring. I'm not going to ask you about your opinion on expansion because I feel like everyone just kind of accepted, like, hey, that should happen. Right. I want to know what are some cities that you'd like to see? Like, what are some fun cities you'd like? to Like, oh, like maybe like I you know Boston's been thrown around, Philadelphia, here in Toronto, we would certainly love to see a team yeah. come here as well.
1: Toronto would be cool. Uh, Miami would be cool. Uh... San Fran, like the San Francisco, Oakland area, would be cool. Uh, I think North Carolina deserves a WNBA team. Where else? That's about it. Those are like the those are kind of like the cities that I like. Every time we talk about it, I'm like, those cities need a WNBA team. Mm-hmm. And North Carolina and Florida—they already had. Florida had two WNBA teams in the past, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. going have one, so um, we need to. I would love for them to just bring those teams back, not even right. a whole new franchise. Just bring the ones. Just out. bring
2: those same ones back. I like that. I, would, I mean, I again, like we, like Crean and I have talked about it. Like we would love to see a team come here. Like we would support the hell out of a team here in Toronto. It'd be so yeah, much fun.
1: It would be Amazing. I think the only problem with that would be like with the logistics of going in and out of a country. Yeah, that's yeah. the one problem. Yeah, like commercial flights, but. Other than that, I think it would be great to have a team. Right.
2: So yeah, we'll finish off really with, we'll do like a couple quick hitters just to finish it off. Just like some, some more fun stuff just to end it off. So one uh, that we had, well, who's like the funniest teammate you've ever had? Like who's someone that you're just like, I I, I love talking to this person.
1: Uh, probably Simone Augustus. Okay. <laughs> she's, she's so, she's hilarious. And <laughs> her personality was nothing that I expected it to be when I met her. <laughs> and, like We just connected and I was like her little, like, her little rookie it was my second year so I was mm-hmm. still like a baby essentially so yeah me and her connected and you know she was a great she was a great bit a great bet love
2: that um who's someone that you like admire watching in the WNBA like right now who's someone's game that you really admire right now or even just growing up
1: um growing up well I guess I could say not because she's still playing Christy Tolliver you know she's True. my favorite player since I've been younger she's why I chose Maryland um, It's so funny that she's still playing. <laughs> <laughs> Even with Candace, we tell her all the time. I was like, Candace, remember? I like, Candace is someone's game I've always loved watching. I'm like, Candace, mm. I watched you play in the final four when I was in middle
2: school. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that makes her feel great. <laughs> she's
1: like, yeah, stop gonna... telling her that. I'm like, oh, what you know? Like, I watched your game, and we were at Tennessee. I was little. You <laughs> <laughs> we were like Candace Parker, and now you're Candace Parker, like my
0: t- <laughs> 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 no, I love that. Um, and like the last question, um, I just was wondering if you could like just put a spotlight on a player that you think deserves like more attention. You know, more hyping up in the league. It could even be yourself. It could be anyone um, um, that you choose. Um,
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna say, um, Kalia Copper, my teammate. Okay. She finally got some recognition with the All Star this year, but you know everyone had their opinions about the All Star because it wasn't like really an all star because a lot Mm. of all stars were on the Olympic team. So um I think like she got her little, you know, little bit of spotlight and that she deserves. I think last season she had a, a breakout season in the bubble, but I think a lot of people had a breakout season in the bubble and like acted like the bubble didn't exist so it's like it kind of kind of got pushed to the back burner but I think that she's been playing really well this year she's been one of our more consistent uh all-around players Uh, I think her defense is very underrated um and I think this next stretch of games you know she didn't make that Olympic roster and you know a lot of people thought she deserved to make it um so you know I think she has a little bit Another chip on her shoulder, I think she plays with a lot already. So, I mean, just to see her and then even Diamond, my other teammate, like they're kind of in the same boat, you know, as far as that, you know, Olympic thing and, you know, having a kind of a weird start to this season, you know, this team kind of underachieved in a lot of people's eyes. But there's a lot of basketball left, so mm-hmm. I'm really excited for the both of them. And, you know, I'm going to do whatever I can to, you know, help this team win and, you know, help them achieve things that they –
0: they have dreamed of like getting a championship yeah i love that um so that kind of wraps it up like thank you so much for joining us on this episode i think we've had a lot of insightful conversations um i love i love hyping up any any players on WNBA. i love this <laughs> league so much so any chance we get uh we can hype them up uh thank you so much for joining us lexi thank I'm you so much guys. this was great it was great this is awesome this was a blast listeners don't forget to subscribe to locked on women's basketball wherever you get your podcasts and you can follow us on twitter at locked on wbb we will be back next week thank you
2: Betting on basketball doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, bloat specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.